this is Top Quality Faith Ministries podcast, a multicultural global church mandated by God the Father to love and to serve as an instrument of the body of Christ. This is the house where God builds top quality faith in his people. Wherever you are listening from, we pray that you are blessed by today's message. that 
no longer has an attachment to us, but yet we continue to have an attachment to it. Yeah. Yeah. And so as the Lord was sharing me this, he reminded me of that kite, that how many times did I take the opportunity every day as a kid, even to some days I went over to the tree because I couldn't climb up the tree. I went over to the tree to try to pull the kite, the tree down. I mean, the kite down out of the tree, even to throw rocks and to throw all other kind of stuff at this kite, hoping that this kite comes down, but the kite never ever came out of the tree. Uh, eventually I end up moving, and, but the kite was still there. Or finally I released what was in me to hold on to something that wasn't going to really come back to me. And it took a long time. And so what Christ was basically showing me through that is the entrance into this message. I want to make sure I set it up so you guys can actually see it. This is a gentleman that has went to Elijah to actually get insight as to what's coming forward in his own personal life. And there's a famine upon the earth, and that famine that is there is destroying everybody. Even to the point, if you guys read through the story, they're eating their own children as a result of this famine being so harsh and hard. Okay, And so the king, never really truly submitting unto his lord, he turns around and he's in that particular place to whereby he's not resting in truth, he's, he's resting in his frustration, his fear, or whatever the case may be and never ever getting to the point whereby he's trusting God. And I think that's where all of us rest in because it's places that we rest in and we say, Lord, I trust you, I trust you, but we never move out. And so let's see what the Spirit of the Lord says in this particular situation, so let's go ahead. Second Kings chapter seven, verse one. And I'm gonna stop you here. Elisha replied, Hear this message from the Lord. This is what the Lord says. By this time tomorrow, in the markets of Samaria, five quarts of fine flour will cost only half an ounce of silver, and 10 quarts of barley grain will cost only a half an ounce of silver. The officer assisting the king said to the man of God, that couldn't happen even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. And that's where we're at. Where we get a great word of God. And we turn around and what do we say? That cannot happen. It's impossible for God to move on my behalf. It's impossible for God to begin to open the doors. Oh, wow, not even heaven, okay, can yield such a great response. As this, and that's what we normally say to our Lord. And as I begin to look at the things of God and really come to a place where I was listening to this message and I was like, oh my God, Lord, there's so many times that you have said something to me. By tomorrow, this is going to be so, or by this particular situation, this is going to happen. And I second guess myself even hearing it. And then after it takes place, I'm then like, oh, wow. Mm -hmm. Because I'm not in that place of believing. I'm, I'm just one that's listening but not believing. And what God is trying to get me to a place where when I hear something readily said by him, 
that I believe it. And that's what he's been trying to get us at this particular point is to boost our belief system. He's been trying to get us in that place where we're believing and we're trusting and we're relying on on him and not in that place where we say, oh yeah, that's great. Good work. Good work. And so he tells the king this, and let's see what the king does. Verse 2, second half. But Elijah replied, you will see it happen, but you won't be able to eat any of it. Well, so because of his unbelief, he cannot experience the freedom that God has called forth. And a lot of times, we're in that place of unbelief. We don't get to experience the things that God is calling for for us because we're resting in that place of disbelief. And God is looking for us to take that off of ourselves and really get into that place where we believe. Verse 3. Now there were four men with leprosy sitting at the entrance of the city gates. Why should we sit here waiting to die? They asked each other. We will starve if we stay here. And we will starve if we go back into the city. So we might as well go out and surrender to the Armenian Aramean army. If they let us live, so much the better. But if they kill us, we would have died anyway. And what God is really saying, now hopefully you guys get this, so these three lepers are sitting there, and they're like, so what should we do? Right here where we're sitting, we're perishing. And if we continue in this place, we're going to continue to perish. Let, maybe we should go forward, because if we go forward, maybe the army on the other side will allow us to live. And if they don't, we're going to die anyway. So in this particular situation, that's where we're sitting in many aspects of our life. We're sitting in that place where we're debating whether or not we want to move forward, we want to surrender things to God, or whatever the case may be, and we're in that place. Well, if you stay there, what's going to happen? You're going to die. So what is he trying to tell you? Get up. Do something about your circumstance. Don't stay in that place where you're literally just sitting there with no response to what God is doing. And many of us have no response to what God is doing. It's easy just to sit there. But he's saying, sitting there produces death. And, and then I really want you to make you uh, sure that I say death. Death of dreams. Death of freedom. So all the things that you readily think about constantly, you cannot achieve in that place where you're constantly resting and not doing nothing about it. And that's what he was literally saying to me to say to you guys. How long will you sit there? He said, how long will you not get involved in your own lives? He said, how long will you continue to cry out for me to intervene when I'm already moved for you? He said, when will you take the steps? He said, when will you motivate yourself? He said, hear me. I have done my part. I'm waiting on you. 
take it a little bit further. I love what the king does. Verse 5. So that evening they went out to the camp of the Arameans, but no one was there. For the Lord had caused the whole army of Aram to hear the clattering of speeding chariots and galloping of horses and the sounds of a great army approaching. The king of Israel has hired the Hittites and the Egyptians to attack us, they cried out. So they panicked and fled into the night, abandoning their tents, horses, donkeys, and everything else and they fled for their lives. Don't you guys get this one? They moved. And as they moved, God moved as well. And what he did, he moved mightily to whereby they're no longer in a place where things are not as it should be. And so you can truly see that they decided, these two, three lepers decided to move. But the whole kingdom is still sitting back waiting on the king to do something. Okay, but the three lepers decide they don't want to stay in the state and condition they're in because they said it's not prospering in any way. And many of us stay in the state and condition that we're in, but we don't prosper because we don't see that God has moved. We're waiting for God to move first before we move. But your movement causes God to move. Hopefully you guys got that. Because when they move, God moves. And, and, and the funny part about it, he moved mightily, and let's see what happened. Verse 8. When the lepers arrived at the edge of the camp, they went into one tent after another, eating, <laughs> drinking wine, and carrying out silver and gold and clothing and hiding it. Finally, they said to each other, this is not right. <laughs> This is wonderful news, and we aren't sharing it with anyone. If we wait until morning, some terrible calamity will certainly fall upon us. Come on, let's go back and tell the people at the palace. So they went back to the city and told the gatekeepers what had happened. That they had gone out to the Aramean camp and no one was there. The horses and the donkeys were tethered and the tents were all in order, but there was not a single person around. Then the gatekeeper shouted the news to the people in the palace. Verse 12. I want to make sure. So, first of all, you see, they go into this place and they're so excited. I mean, it's so much spoil that they just don't know what to do. They go bury some, they go back and get some more, they keep going back and walk through tent after tent, and they see nothing but blessings after blessings. Mm. But then they get convicted on the inside of them because they know they're supposed to share what they have. And they're literally saying, if we don't go back and tell the king, something may happen to us. So they recognize the move of the Lord. And many of us basically get blessings, and we don't even share the blessings that we have. We received from God. And that's through your testimony. When God does something great, you're supposed to come back and share with everybody so that they can share in the spoil as well. And the spoil is where you're edifying and uplifting them as a result of what God's done in you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times you say, any testimonies here? <laughs> so we have a church that's flowing in the spirit, but there's no testimonies. Mm -hmm. Wow. 
And so that literally lets you think that the people are not even recognizing it's God, that they're thinking they're doing it themselves. Mm -hmm. Did you hear what they think they're doing it themselves? And we have to become better at really celebrating the things that God has done in our lives. Whether it may be something small or something good, we should be in that place where we're celebrating the things that God is doing. And not being in that position to whereby, oh, well, that wasn't really big, so I think I did. You know, stop taking credit for the things in which God is really doing. Mm -hmm. Take it further. I love what they do here. Verse 12. The king got out of bed in the middle of the night and told his officers, I know what has happened. The Arameans know we are starving. So they have left their camp and have hidden in the fields. They are expecting us to leave the city, and then they will take us alive and capture the city. One of his officers replied, wait, 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 before, before you get there, so the king sees it. He gets this great report, this awesome report. And what does he do? He don't believe it. And isn't that what we do? We get an awesome report, and we don't believe it. Especially if somebody else tells you something that God's done, they don't believe it. And then what do we do? We tear it down. And then we replan our plans, or we act out of our fear. Because in this particular situation, the king is plotting out of fear. He's not even thinking about the word that he got. So he received the word, didn't activate it, didn't even apply it, didn't even look at it, and he's literally saying, oh, wow, there's a plot that's on here. They're trying to make us believe that they're gone. And, 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 and that's half of us. And so when I was talking to the Lord, I literally said to him, how does this particular part of it applies to us? He said, because you don't have the wisdom to understand the things that I'm doing in your lives, you're always planning to do something different. Mm. He said, not only is it that you're planning to do something different, he said, you try to find the Christ in your situation, your way, mm. and I don't ever look like you. You guys get that? You're in a situation, and you're saying, God is doing this, 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 but God on the other side doing something different. God even said to me, it may just be one word that I have spoken into you, and I want you to believe it. And that one word should be able to sustain you, but also bless you and keep you. He said, but you can't live off that one word because you're not living in me. He said, you're living off of your daily results. Oh, I got this today. I didn't get that today. I got this today. I didn't get that today. So whatever life is bringing you, is that's where you're resting and you're living. When I have given you a place in me to reside. He said, come, dwell with me, and I will show you great things. 
He said, but I require that you move and you leave those old things behind. He said, remember what the woman said about looking at the kite. Constantly speaking to old places and old circumstances is not going to cause what has happened in the past to bless you forward. He says, I'm doing a new thing, which is greater than what has occurred in your past. He says, although the things in your past should cause you to draw closer to me, but it's not what I'm doing in thee. Focus on the things that I am doing now and hear my word even as I speak. You guys got that? Yeah. Let's go a little bit further. Let's watch this king. Verse 13. One of his officers replied, we had better send out scouts to check into this. <laughs> Let them take five of the remaining horses. If something happens to them, it won't be a greater loss than if they stay here and die with the rest of us. So it sounds like he's talking from similar to the same language, right? Okay, send out five people and see if they can survive. And if they don't survive, then it won't be a great loss. Then the rest of us stay here. So they're all still in that place waiting to die. They did not hear the word of the Lord. And you can tell that the king and his whole entire group heard the word, but never be applied it. Let's go further. Verse 14. So two chariots with horses were prepared, and the king sent scouts to see what had happened to the Aramean army. They went all the way to the Jordan River, following a trail of clothing and equipment that the Arameans had thrown away in their mad rush to escape. The scouts returned and told the king about it. Then the people of Samaria rushed out and plundered the Aramean camp. So it was true that five quarts of fine flour were sold that day for a half an ounce of silver and 10 quarts of barley grain were sold for half an ounce of silver, just as the Lord had promised. It stops you right there. I laugh because when the people heard of the word, what did they do? They just rushed. And in them rushing into that place, they came into the place where they were what? Believing, okay? But the king still didn't believe. And so the king is still coming forth. But in that place where he comes forth, we're going to see what happens. But I really want you guys to basically hear what he's saying. And he literally said to me, I need you to come out of the place where you're continually doubting. My words are true. He says, I need you to stop being frustrated in your circumstance and praise me through it. He says, I need you to use your words in which I've given you to cause those things that are so to be different from what they are today. He says, I need you to stop complaining. He says, and start walking in purpose. 
that he literally says to me to say to you, stand in me. He said, and stop thinking the worst about yourself. Every time something comes, oh my God, what am I going to do with that? Oh my God, what is this going to happen with that? We have, oh my God, so often that we don't really say, already know, Lord. I'm going to stand in you. I already know what to do. I already know how to speak in this way. Because you've trained me. I already know how to move through this. Because I know your word concerning me. But instead we say, oh my God. I'm one of the people say all the time, oh my God, here we go. You know, oh my God, here we go. And I say, Lord, oh here we go, hold on. Because I gotta walk through this. And instead of saying, Lord, I already know what to do. I am equipped with your word, I am full of your grace, then I know how to walk according to what you have taught me. But he said to me, but some of you say I give up. And he said, nor are you to say that you give up because there's always another way around. If Christ is Christ in you, there's always another way around. And if God is not moving mightily in your life, stop and see where you're resting. Are you like the leopards where you're resting in the place where you're thinking every situation in your life is dead? And you're not moving because you believe that they are dead. Christ says to you today that nothing is dead if you speak life. Because you have been given the power to speak into your situation. That he says, and stop looking for others to speak without giving you access to freely speak the things that you desire. And then I said, you know, because I'm always in that place, oh Lord, sometimes I speak and I don't see it happening. And he said, well, are you speaking in faith? Are you trusting me even as you're speaking? Are you tearing down the stronghold that holds you? or whatever the situation you're trying to go to, down. And even as you tear them down, are you believing for more? And then he says, why am I constantly speaking of this particular individual, Elijah, to you? He says, I have poured out my spirit of Elijah upon each and every one of you, and I ask that you embrace my spirit, and as you embrace my spirit, you will see miraculous things coming forward. And so in your mind, you're like, pour out the spirit? What does that mean? He literally says in his word that the spirit is poured out without measure upon us. And we have examples of his spirit. How do we know? Uh, John the Baptist. He walked in the spirit of what? Elijah. And so God is literally saying to you that he's pouring out a measure of that same greatness unto you. And at this point, you should be jumping up and down, screaming, shouting for joy, 
Because God is basically tending to your need. And you're over here like, oh, yeah, spirit. Yeah, cool. That sounds good. But if you really looked at uh, the spirit of Elijah, it, it totally, totally took control. He had a stick. He would hit the water, and he just straight walked through. Didn't have to say much. Just hit the water, straight walked through. If he needed something, he, he knew exactly what to do. If there was a fire, when he calls, build the little trenches and hold the trenches here, and then the water came through the trenches, and then when the water wasn't good, he just instantly got something and brought the water good. I love the part where he made stew porridge for the people because they had no food, and when he made the porridge for the people, which was so awesome, they sat on top of the pot to make the porridge because they didn't have anything. Hmm. And then in return, the porridge is poured out, but the man goes out into the fields and gets herbs to go into the porridge, and they were not great herbs. These herbs were poisonous herbs. And what did he say? Take something, throw it in there, and we we'll all eat. So he's done so much. And that's what God is trying to get you to walk in. Because each and every one of you saying, Lord, I want your presence. I want your presence to be upon me. When he says, I'm offering it. Mm. And you sit there like, oh, that sounds good. And so if a spirit comes upon you, if it's negative, what you going to do? You're going to try to fight and get it off. But if it's positive, what are you going to do? I'm going to seek God on how to move in his presence. I'm going to be readily before his throne, talking to him, asking him, how do I activate the things that are in this spiritual realm that you have poured out upon me? And every day, I'm going to move out of the places in which I've been stuck in into the places that he is calling me into so that I can do what he is asking me to do if he's pouring out a spirit that flows with power in great miracles. I've been asking for miracles. I've been asking for greater power than I can even begin to imagine. But the only way is that you step into it and when you step into it, that's God to teach you how to move. Be not afraid. But take him for his word. And move in obedience. So let's see what the king did. We're coming to a close. And I just have to share real quick one testimony that goes with what you're saying. Um, as I was praying this week, uh, the spirit came upon me that made me start recognizing that, oh, certain days of the week, I encounter spiritual battles. And at that moment, I began to start to agree with it. Oh yeah, on this day, on this day, this, 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 this happens. And the Holy Spirit stopped me immediate, immediately and said, no, that's not gonna follow you. Only goodness and mercy is gonna follow you every single day of your life. So speak that out, Lord. I mean, speak that out, daughter. And so that correction was the Lord teaching me to not agree with the lie, but to speak out the truth and receive the blessing that he's called for. And let's close this out. Verse 17. The king appointed 
his officer to control the traffic at the gate, but he was knocked down and trampled to death as the people rushed out. So everything happened exactly as the man of God had predicted when the king came to his house. The man of God had said to the king, by this time tomorrow in the markets of Samaria, five quarts of fine flour will cost half an ounce of silver and 10 quarts of barley grain will cost half an ounce of silver. The king's officer had replied, that couldn't happen even if the Lord opened the windows of heaven. And the man of God has said, you will see it happen, but you won't be able to eat any of it. And so it was for the people trampled him to death at the gate. Yeah. Wow. <coughs> so the word came back full force and it did not error. And so God was basically saying, my word is true and alive in you. He says, stand in a place of expectancy. And he says, and move away from your places of fear. Trust me as I move through you and stop doubting. Not only is it he's telling us to stop doubting, but if you notice, the king questioned everything. And he went another way. He wanted to go do something else. And that's what we basically do, question everything and want to do something different. I don't want to do this. I want to do that. I don't want to do this. I want to do that. We're all in that place where we're constantly trying to do something different than our Lord. We got just enough word to be dangerous. We got just enough insight to fall short. And God is literally saying, I need you to stay connected and allow me to flow through you that my word may sustain you. It was like even on Friday night, God gave us the simplest thing, the simplest message. But many of us struggled to see it. And it was way simpler than we can ever imagine. He overpowers everything. Gravity, everything. And he brings us into a place where you cannot doubt that he is Lord. And that's all he's trying to show you. I expect something greater. And I expect the move of the Spirit. I know that there's a harvest coming and that he's trying to equip us and others to be able to be prepared for whatever that harvest looks like. But we cannot be prepared if we can't even operate in it. We know by his word that the generations that are waiting to come in, they're looking for what? Signs and wonders. They want to know that something different is here. Other than their grandmama and their mama them. I'll say it that way. Gods. Okay? Because their mama them gods didn't do nothing. But they're looking for the real God that comes with power. And God is trying to open you up, awaken you to the power that dwells on the inward side of you. 
And the only way he can get it is to pour out his spirit. And even when we received the Holy Spirit, it was the spirit without measure. And so God is now reminding you, wait a minute, you already got this spirit. You never activated it. Now, I'm activating it on the inside of you. Hear what the Spirit of the Lord says to you today. So if you're that new believer today, and you're listening to the word, and you're saying, oh gosh, I just don't know what to do. I would truly ask that you just really begin to ask God to come into your life, be your Lord, be your Savior, be your God. That's simple as that. Okay? And then once you ask him to come in your life, you say, ah, fill me with your spirit. And, and ask for the full measure. And if you're one that, that is not afraid to trust him, then you say, let that power flow in every area of my life. And also, ask for the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues that you may be able to truly be able to stand up in this time and this hour. Under all circumstance that God may prevail and flow through you. Stop doubting. Stop questioning. Stop looking back. But walk forward in the things of God. And as you walk forward in Him, trust Him. And then for those who've been around like me for a long time, what I say to you, get involved in your life. Stop looking at the kite that's stuck in the tree and look to God for the things that he can do. He can release the kite in the tree, but he's let, letting you know that it's not something you need now because he's got greater things for you and it's so important that you embrace the greater things and not rest in the place where you've been resting. I praise God and I thank him for his word today. And I pray that this word has blessed you. In Christ Jesus' name, amen. See you soon. Bye-bye. If God is building top quality faith in your life through this ministry, we pray that you will partner with us by giving. You can visit our website, tqfm.org. Also, remember to subscribe for more messages like this.